to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I have a spectacular guest with me. Um, Jenna has actually been on the podcast. I had the pleasure of meeting her in real life when she came to Colorado pre-COVID times. Wow, what were those like? Like, that seems like eons ago. But we got to hike together and just connect. And like, we have a lot in common in our thinking about dog training. And this podcast episode was fueled by um, a TikTok video that Jenna did about leadership. So Jenna, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for the listeners to tell them a little bit about you and what you do to help people and dogs. Sure. Uh, so I am Jenna Slutsky. Um, I live in Nashville, Tennessee and work with an amazing team uh, of trainers with Sabra Dog Training. And uh, we offer private in-home consultations. We do board and train with one of our trainers. I specialize in uh, puppy development and re- reactivity mainly. I'm a KPACTP, your Karen Pryor Academy certified training partner, and am enrolled with the University of Washington getting a certificate in applied animal behavior. And I'm also fear-free certified. <laughs> so you're doing all of the things. All, all of the, the things, things, all of the time. <laughs> And it's like, you know, that's what's so cool about our industry, right? It's like, there just, there are, there's so many options to continue our education and just further raise the bar of like what a dog professional should be credentialed like, right? So, oh yes, sister. Hell yes. Okay. So everyone, we're going to talk about leadership in today's episode. And if you were listening and you were a positive reinforcement professional and you have this terrible twitch when you hear the word leadership, we hear you, we know. If you are a pet guardian and you're like, what's wrong with leadership? We're gonna help you understand. So I think that in the dog training industry at large, there's a giant misrepresentation about like what it means to be a leader and like the leadership role. Um, So we're gonna kind of talk about how they're doing it wrong (laughs) as far as like, you know, using the word leadership and why. And then we're going to tell you how you can be a leader and not be a dick. It's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. So Jenna, let's talk about some of like the misrepresentations of leadership that really leads dog guardians down a not so great rabbit hole of thinking about like who they have to be to their dogs? Sure. Well, I think the most prominent and consistent trigger phrase, right? Get, get ready to say it with me, you guys. Pack leader. You must be the pack leader. And it sends shivers up my spine and makes me grit my teeth every single time, as I'm sure it does for so many of you. Um, but you know, it's, it all merges in with, you know, there's that pack leadership merged in with boss. You have to be the boss. Your dog must respect you. And it turns into this authoritative tone as opposed to a community and team type of vibe, which is where I think we both fall and many listeners fall on that leadership spectrum. It's, we're not trying to boss you into behaving. We're trying to get you the skills you need to be on my team and let me lead you. 
Yes. And like, oh my God, the word alpha. Oh God, just like thrown around. And like, you know, I talked about this with um, Becca Sue who works at the Wolf and Wildlife Center, right? And she like gives wolf tours all the time. And always people are like, alpha means male, right? And like, it's this weird like archetype where you have to be this like super like rigid authoritarian figure and that that couldn't be any further from the the truth about like what an alpha really looks like in like real life settings right like especially like between animals um so I really want to operationalize for everyone listening like the difference here right so the pack leadership the alf the alpha you have to be the boss right all of that really comes from this like line of thinking that we're superior to the dog, mm-hmm. right? And like when Jenna and I are thinking about leadership, it's not uneven scales, right? Like we're literally at the same level with the animal. And obviously in most cases, it's the dog as the animal, right? And our leadership role is to help elevate the dog, not suppress the dog, right? Figuratively speaking here. So Jenna, do you want to talk about some ways that you try and convey to your clients, like what you mean by leadership, like what that means, like um, how they can, what behavior comes along with that from the human end? Absolutely. So I try and make a analogy that the humans can relate to. And it's the same analogy that I used in my TikTok video. Um, But, you know, thinking of your previous and maybe even present bosses for employment in your life, who have you enjoyed working for and what qualities did they have that made you keep wanting to come back to work? Um, And typically those qualities include things like positive reinforcement, giving you verbal praise and recognition when you are doing a job well done consistently. Um, You know, it also includes giving you a paycheck that is worthy of the work you're putting in, maybe the occasional bonus or extra pay when you're putting in extra hours or doing something extra difficult. And also seeing your mistakes as an employee as something that you can learn from and not something to be punished by. So when I'm making an error and even present day with training, sometimes I hit a bump in the road in my training plan. And instead of, you know, hesitating to call my boss, I'm not, I'm not concerned that she's going to punish me or criticize what I've done. She's there to help guide me through the process to fill in the blanks that I'm lacking to give me the skills that I need to succeed at my job and do better next time and moving forward. And so those are the qualities that can 100% be applied to training and coexisting with our dogs as well. We can give them positive reinforcement. We can give them paychecks of things that they are find very rewarding. And where we see unwanted and inappropriate behavior, that's our opportunity to give them a better skill set and a different skill set to cope with and overcome those obstacles together instead of suppressing, punishing. Um, you know, and, and coming home with, if, if at least in personal experience, a lot of self-loathing and frustration toward my dog because they didn't do what I wanted them to. Um, right. It's like a resentment, right. That's like almost encouraged from like the pack leadership standpoint, right. That like, 
a word that gets thrown around a lot is holding your dog accountable, oh, right? Yes. Like to be the pack leader, you have to hold your dog accountable. And like, again, you guys, I really want you to think about like the thinking um, from your perspective of like, all right, everyone. So again, when we're talking about account accountability here, right? Accountability can't be, we can't hold someone accountable if they don't even have like a framework of what we expect of them. Right. So it's like, you know, expecting to hold our dogs accountable when they have no training, they have no reinforcement history. We're move, we're trying to work against their natural instincts. Like that is unethical. Right. And that's just going to piss everyone off. Everyone's going to be frustrated. Then you're going to resent the dog because they didn't do the thing. Instead of looking at from the, the leadership role of how can I set this up differently so that my learner can understand what I need them to understand. And like, I think that from the, um, the, the balance community. So for those of you who are with us right now and you're not a dog professional and you're kind of confused by what I'm talking about here, there are two different frames of, of training, right? I like to think about it like the old school and the new school. We are the new school, right? We're, we're applying everything we know about emotions, how animals learn. And the old school is still really this like pack leadership stuff, right? But something that the balance community always wants to say is that like, you can't do things purely positive, right? Like you, 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 there has to be punishment. We have to hold the dogs quote unquote unaccountable. I mean, accountable, excuse me. And the problem with that is that their thinking is not even like in the universe that our thinking is, right? They're thinking in a very small box and we're thinking like in this big vast world. Right. So being a leader means being creative about setups and management. And so many people want to be like, well, management can't be the answer. Management being maybe we use a leash, maybe we use a gate, but like y'all, of course, management is the answer. Right. In so many circumstances, that's what a leader does is sets things up and manages the environment so that everybody can learn what they need to learn and be successful. Like that's a true sign of leadership. You're not just going to let everybody around you fail, right? With the metaphorical like fire in the environment that you're in, right? Yeah. And you know, it, it, it turns into a weird, a weird little cycle. Um, you know, when it comes to observing my clients and listening to a lot of their frustrations, you know, we, we lay the foundation and okay, maybe one day we thought our dog was ready for the situation. And we are actively in the moment learning that this was not the case. And, you know, yes, we're going to leave that session a little frustrated. We're going to leave that session with what I'm hoping is a lot of questions circling or cycling through my client's brain. Why did this happen? Why weren't they ready for this? These are the things that we should be reflecting on after we have, yeah, for lack of a better word, a failure. Um, and it is a, you know, I always see the failure. That's my failure. My dog or the dog that I was supervising failed because I didn't lead them in that situation how I should have. I did not set up their environment um, successfully, perhaps, or maybe that skill set wasn't as strong as I thought it was under the conditions we had practiced in before. Um, you know, but what I what I see a lot is these clients go out and you know they're they they have a hard time. They they've asked their dog to do something, and when we ask our dogs to do something, it is suddenly and almost magically an expectation now. 
we've asked it and right and that question of accountability rolls around we've asked them to do it and now they're not what am i supposed to do about that and that's where i think the divide is um is our our answer to that is we learn from it we leave and you text your girl saying hey we just had a terrible time and this is what happened and I help you troubleshoot and figure out how to, how do we prepare for that situation better next time? And how do we manage our environment or situation until they're ready so our dog's not getting that practice in the meantime? And like everyone listening, right? Like obviously we are professional dog trainers. Obviously we make our living working with, with dogs and their people, but please listen to, to us here. It is going to be so much easier for you and for your dog if you get one-on-one -on -one support from a trainer, right? Yes. Because I think that that is going to mitigate so many of those moments. And Jenna, I love how you're like talking about that moment, right? Where like, we ask our dog to do something, we expect them to do it, and then they don't do it. And that I really feel like puts our ego in this very like vulnerable position, right? Yes. Like, you know, we have this weird inner dialogue. Am I going to let the dog do this? I'm not going to let the dog walk all over me. But what we encourage you to do is take a step back and think outside of your ego, right? Thinking outside of, it doesn't matter what people around you are thinking of your dog's behavior. What matters is, can we critically look at what just happened, change the variables next time so that everyone can be successful? No punishment necessary. Never. Right. And I think that something that has really resonated with me through my career is that a weak leader will blame, a strong leader will take responsibility for whatever has happened. Absolutely. Right? And guys, like, it's not always easy. We have dogs, stupid shit happens. We get frustrated. Our egos come in. We're not saying that that's not happening, but what we're trying to do is encourage you, right? Because the way that we train is not just training dogs. It's really, we're asking you to grow as a human being, right? And take accountability for how your behavior is influencing your dog's behavior. And it's vulnerable. It doesn't feel good sometimes, right? And like, that's okay, right? But you have to work through those feelings if you really want to be successful utilizing positive reinforcement and working as a team with your dog. Like that's, you, we, we can't sugarcoat it. That's what, those are the essential ingredients. That's what you have to be willing to do, right? Um, and it's, you know, I, I love so many of my clients, but they come to me with this like victim mentality. The dog keeps doing this and it's, I, I can't do anything about it. The dog is doing this to me. The dog's behavior is making me feel this way, right? And you, I'm sorry, y'all, but you have to evaluate your feelings, right? Yeah. Because your feelings aren't the dog's fault. Yeah. And I, I know it circles around, but I think I heard Don from Running Dog say this uh, or make his TikTok recently of, you know, hashtag give your dog a raise. <laughs> give your dog a raise. Love you, Don. Um, you know, but we have to try and remember at all times that our dog is doing the very best that they can. And when, you know, even for me, I've got three dogs, all of which have their baggage and put my ego in weird places a lot of the time <laughs> but you know being able to take a step backwards and out of out of myself out of my own brain and remind myself of that it really helps 
humble me in a, in a very appropriate way of like, they yes. are thinking exactly what they think that they should be doing in that moment. And that might be, um, you know, a reaction based on emotion, overexcitement, fearfulness, whatever it might be. They're doing the very best that they can to cope with that, to, you know, get that end result for themselves. And if I don't like what that looks like, who does that circle back around? It's not them. You know, it's me. I need to give them a better skill set or do something differently to help them make a different choice. Yes. Right. And like, it does, it, you have to take ownership. You it's inevitable. We have to do it. We have to take ownership. And I think that something else that gets really muddled, right? Like when we're talking about leadership, we're talking about expectations of our dogs is that like, there is society's cookie cutter version about like what a dog should be, do behave like. And y'all, you have to look outside the matrix. Okay, you have to look outside the matrix of dogs have to behave like robots because that's not why you brought a dog into your life to have them act like a robot, right? And I think that each individual dog will teach you something new. Every single one will, but there's also, I think a level of like, we have to change our expectations and be, I hate the word realistic, but like, I feel like it works well here, right? Like we have to be realistic about the fact that like, okay, you have a six month old Vishla and you want him to heal by next week. I mean, that's ridiculous. You have a bird dog, you have an adolescent bird dog, leash skills, not going to come pre-programmed. Right. Right? So like, I think that there's that too, like evaluating our individual dog and like looking outside of like the cookie cutter framework of a dog should do this, this, and this, right? Like there are exceptions to every single freaking rule, every single one. There's always an exception. Are we going to put punishment on the table and aversives? No, (laughs) right. We're going to keep those off the table, but like, you know, I have clients, the dog was fearful and fearful of me. And, you know, second session, I come over and the dog jumps on me and the owner's like trying to tell the dog to get off. I'm like, don't you tell this dog to get off. Celebrate this. (laughs) Yes. Right. Because for that individual dog, that is a giant win. Right. And who fucking cares if the dog jumps, the dog jumps, we're, we're changing the feelings about people, which is the ultimate goal. Right. So like, I think that the, the, the balance trainers, the old school trainers, you know, I like to call them yahoos, they will tell you, they will sell you this package of the dog has to be able to heal. Dog should never be in your bed. The dog should never jump on you. And I know a lot of you listening have had experiences with balanced trainers and that is what has brought you here, right? To listen to Jenna and I talk about this. And you were able to see past the matrix, right? You were like, no, not my dog. Right. And like, I think that it's super important that you honor what you want from your life, what your dog wants from your life. And that's how you can be the leader, right? The leader to the dog who, you know, wants to jump like my dogs. Well, Tiva in particular sits at the chair at the table while we eat. She does. Right. Like she does it. She doesn't steal food off the table. We don't care. We love her. Right. That's how I lead her. I empower her to do things that feel good. Right. And I'm not saying you guys that you have to let your dog sit at the chair at the table. You don't have to your dog, your rules. Right. But you get to be a leader and it gets to be whatever technicolor version of who you are and who your dog is. 
Absolutely. It doesn't need to be this, you know, strict, it, it is like the, the cookie cutter mold of like one, that's not how this works. It's, it doesn't have to be the same shape and cutout every single time. The criteria is yours to set. The amount of work you want to put in is yours to set, but we have to adjust those expectation dials to incorporate into that picture. You know, if we're putting in the work and we have high expectations, okay. You know, are you also making sure you're meeting your dog's needs on top of that? Would it usually be my, my, my main question with that. Does your dog get to dog at some point before you're asking them to heal for this walk? Right. Okay. Then I'm on board with this, you know, but if you want to let your dog sleep in the bed, if you want to share your dinner with them, if you want them to snuggle with you on the couch, if you want them hanging their head out the window, aside from my safety concerns, I'm on board with that. You know, you can create the lifestyle you want with your dog. It doesn't have to fit that, that mold of your dog must know these eight basic commands and follow this hierarchy that doesn't even exist. <laughs> Um, you know, it's, it's a bunch of fooey, it's shenanigans. Yeah. I'm, I'm pulling the bullshit card, you know? I mean, it is. And it's like, um, shout out to Jenny of dog minding. What does she call it? Magical thinking. Yes. <laughs> Magical thinking. And it's so true. Like, I just, I want everyone listening right now to know that if you want like an expert level heal, if you want a dog who will stay no matter what you can get there. Oh yeah, you can get there with positive reinforcement, 100%. But you have to be willing to put in the freaking work and you have to willing to be consistent, right? And a lot of times people want a dog who behaves consistently, but they can't do shit consistently. That's not the dog's fault. That's your own fault. And I love you all. I'm, I'm telling you this because I love you, right? And I'm guilty of this too, right? Like <laughs> we're not unicorns, we're human. We live with dogs, crazy stuff happens, right? But if you're not gonna be consistent, the dog isn't gonna be consistent either. Your dog is an animal, okay? And they are operating from this worked for me, it felt good, I'm gonna do it again. This didn't work for me, it didn't feel good, I'm not gonna do it again. Like it is literally as black and white as that. And, and I know- Go ahead. If I interrupt in sidebar a little bit, um, that, that kind of triggered a thought of mine of another phrase that gives me a little bit of a cringe, which is that your dog is a reflection of you. And I, I've got a lot of feelings about this one. And I think it, it syncs up with the leadership, right? Because if, if we're effective leaders, then our dog should be well-behaved. But we have the genetic component. We have our socialization periods. We have things that are out of our control. So while yes, some things that you do are a reflection of your lifestyle and your training or lack of training that you've been doing or not doing with your dog. Um, but don't, you know, it, it's, it, it comes back to that ego as well of, you know, your dog misbehaving, sure, it might be something that you're doing, but your dog who's suffering with some genuine anxiety, fears, stressors, there's a good chance that you had nothing to do with that. But there is a lot that you can do with that to help them become the dog, you know? So you have to do what you can to meet the dog where they're at so you can be that effective leader that they need so they can start meeting you where you'd like them to be at. But we've got to give them that, that head start. We've got to do them the favor of starting where they are and being the teachers that they need. 
Yes. Oh my God. And I'm so glad you brought in that caveat, right? Because it is, it's so important. And something that I tell my reactive and aggressive dog clients all the time is like your dog's behavior is not a reflection of your worth. Yes. Okay. It's not right. And like brain chemistry, genetics, early experience, there's a lot of variables, right? A lot of things going on. And I think that I think for some of the more intense like behavior disorders, I think we'll, you know, use that label. So like separation anxiety, generalized anxiety, some of the reactivity, some of the fear aggression stuff, um, that's outside of your control, right? Like that's happening in the dog's brain, (laughs) right? And like, obviously we can manage environments, but like, you know, that's when you really have to bring in that team of support. Because if you don't, then you're gonna go back down this this rabbit hole of thinking of like, I have to be a leader, my dog isn't behaving, they're not doing what I want them to do. And you're gonna go back to that like super slippery slope of thinking if you don't have proper support from a team of professionals who can see your dog for what's happening and help guide you into how we can specifically help them. Oh yeah. And, and as a, you know, as, as a human who has two reactive dogs, it's, it is sometimes impossible for me to activate my trainer brain with my own dogs, you know? So even as the trainer, am I reaching out to my colleagues on the regular saying, this is happening. I can't access that part of my brain right now. And I need someone to see this that isn't in the deep end in this situation to help me navigate, you know? So even, even as the professionals, like we get so emotionally invested and we're so engulfed in that situation that sometimes it is hard. And we, we even embrace the community and other professionals to help us see things from that angle. And it's like, you know, I think that for a really long time, there was, again, this like magical thinking of like, if you were good with dogs, you could just train the dog and you didn't need anyone's help. Y'all, we're specialists. We literally have devoted our entire existence to like learning, growing, being, showing up the best we possibly can for all of the dog guardians that reach out to us. Right. And like, you don't have to know it all. Okay. And like, I think that another like weird magical thinking is that like, if you've had dogs your whole life, you know, dogs, you don't, you just have lived with one or two dogs your whole life. Right. Like, it's not like, you know, every single dog ever, you knew one or two dogs and I'm sure that they were beautiful and some things worked for them that are not working with your new dog. That is why you should seek the help of a qualified positive reinforcement trainer because we've got you right. And like, something that I think Jenna and I both really share is that our love of training is not just dogs. It's also people, right. And like empowering you to be the leader for your dog. Right. And like, obviously we're going to meet the dog where they're at, but we're going to meet you where you're at too. Right. Like, you know, owning a dog is an emotional roller coaster. We get it. But if we can tell that you're in like a really emotional headspace, we're going to be the voice of reason. Like I know that felt like a lot, but from the outside, objectively thinking outside of your emotion, it wasn't <laughs> right. And I think just like that outside perspective is hugely helpful. So, um, something else you guys, I wanted to talk about on the, the leadership topic was that when you learn to be a kind, compassionate leader for your dog, you also start to send some of those same courtesies to yourself 
right? You start to become more patient with yourself. You start to be a little bit more understanding about your own behavior, your own frustrations, your own failures. You're able to apply that same framework of what can I change about the environment? How can I help myself feel better, do better, change my behavior, right? And like the framework is the same for changing your behavior and changing the dog's behavior, right? Like we all learn under these same basic quadrants of learning, right? And I think that it's really important that you stand to gain, I mean, seriously, just untold peace, joy, and happiness by extending the same courtesy and kind leadership to your dog and extending that to yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, where, where a moment I always love, and unfortunately, it usually pops up with clients who are seeking, seeking my help because they are so overwhelmed, so stressed, so frustrated. They're probably crying during our consultation at some point or another. Um, and, you know, my, my heart goes out to them. And, you know, just like you said before, Rachel, of, you know, we're sitting down and yes, we're meeting the dog where they're at. We're also helping meet the client where they're at. And when we start feeding off these initial recommendations, usually within that first or second week, there's this incredible shift where we've set up the environment, we've given the dog a few new skills to do things a little differently, and we plan an outing, and it goes well. And you just see the whole human body, like a weight has just been completely lifted. Um, they might be crying again because they are so freaking happy that something went right and their dog just did something that they were never able to do. And then there comes this amazing switch where now the human is excited to work with their dog. They are no longer grunting and sighing when, oh gosh, we got to go do this thing again. And instead they're like, oh my gosh, we get to go do this thing again. And it's such an amazing, it's a, an amazing and highly reinforcing thing to, to witness um, and just see them become enthusiastic when they were so defeated starting out. And then even from there, I do see it branch out into their personal lives. And at some point, most of my clients will tell me a sub story of, hey, this thing happened with a person or with myself. And I thought about what I've been doing with my dog. And I started doing that in this situation and oh my gosh, it was so amazing. And I feel completely different. And it's, it's just, it's empowering for the person to let go of the control, let it go and see it for what it is of just this, this is an opportunity. Just, it's always an opportunity for growth and development and trying something a little bit differently, um, you know, With and- mutual enjoyment, for both the human and the animal. Yes. Right? Like, and I think that that's what's so skewed, right? From like the balanced community, because they're like, we get results. And like the results that they get are not results to me, right? Like those are suppressing behavior. Like it's maybe the human is happy, but it's definitely not mutually exclusive for the human and the animal. And like all of you beautiful people listening, I know I am preaching to the choir a little bit here because y'all are here and you are listening to us right now. So I know that you genuinely care to make sure that your dog is happy, but you also get your desired outcome and the behavior of your, your dogs, 
Right. And like, you know, I just want to celebrate that because I think that society at large is like an instant gratification, you know, it's, it's not a healthy mindset. And I think that that's why positive reinforcement training faces so much like criticism from the balance community, because they're still telling themselves the story of dogs have to do these things, right? You know, dogs have to do these things. They have to obey, you know, blah, 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 blah. And we're telling you that like you and your dog can be really happy. They can have really great trained behaviors. You can live really good lives together and you never have to be the alpha or the pack leader or be a dick to your dog. You yeah. Just be nice. Right. Like, and yeah, I think that there's just so much to gain from that on the human end. And I think that that's what, you know, that's what energizes me day in and day out is empowering my clients to go out and be happier, healthier people, and also have a great relationship with their dog and know how to change and modify behavior if they need to. Absolutely. My God, Jenna. You are a beautiful human being. Okay. So Jenna, for everyone listening, can you tell them where they can find you on the social medias? Sure. Um, well, I am on Facebook. I don't know my full handle, but just look up Jenna Slutsky. Um, it's a mouthful of a last name that'll be in show notes, maybe. Yes, it will be. Um, <laughs> um, so you can find me on Facebook. I'm not that active there. I'm most active on my Instagram. You can find me at napping with dogs. Um, and I just created my TikTok not too long ago, which is naps with dogs. Amazing. Okay. And then you work with people virtually. Yes, I do. I do offer virtual consults. And if you're in the Nashville area, we do offer private in-homes as well with social distancing and masks. <laughs> right. COVID protocols, y'all. COVID protocols. We believe in science. We believe in science. Okay. <laughs> Jenna, this was amazing. Everyone, thank you for coming with us on this uh, auditory experience. We love you so very much. Go out and be a kind and compassionate leader. All right, you guys, you know how much I love VetCS CBD products for my dogs. Great news. They make CBD products for humans. I got the orange flavored uh, dropper and I put it in my Lady Grey lattes and it is so freaking delightful. So you can get CBD for your dog. You can get CBD for you. Check out VetCS.com and you can use code DisorderlyDogs for 10% off your purchase. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, it's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.